Virgin's Old Time Radio. We have a cracker of a show for you tonight, gals and gents. Wash your black heads, sniff some borax, and enjoy this episode of Rogue's Gallery entitled Murder at Minden. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of those fine Fitch products, presents Dick Powell as private investigator Richard Rogue. In Rogue's Gallery. Hello, Richard Rogue speaking. Hello, Mr. Rogue. This is Stark McVeigh in Minden, California. Yeah? I want to talk to you, Rogue. Well, you're talking. I want you to come up here to Minden and do a little job for me. I don't want you to let anybody in this town know who you are. Uh, you can register at the hotel as a traveling man, a salesman or something, and I... Uh, I hold it, hold it, McVeigh. I can't get away right now. I, I wired you $500 expense money. It should be at your office now. Mm-hmm. We'll talk over the rest of the deal when you get here. Oh, five bills, huh? Well, what kind of a case is it? A case that pays money. You can get out of there at 7 o'clock, and if you want to take a train... I'll think... drive. I'll leave as soon as the 500 arrive. Take me about two hours to get there, won't it? That's right. I'll contact you at the hotel tonight about nine. Okay. See you then. Hey, boy, get me a paper. Carry your bag, sir? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to check in. Here. Thanks. Hey, clerk. Yes? You got a room? Well, I don't no, know. I didn't ask the price, did I? I'll take anything from a broom closet to the bridal suite. Here, buy yourself a box of cigars to smoke while you're thinking it over. Oh, thank you, sir. If you'll just register, I think we can take care of you. Hmm, thanks. Have my bag sent up, will you? I'll pick up my key in a minute. Hey, Sonny, got an evening paper? Yes, sir, but all the news isn't in that paper, mister, believe me. What do you mean? There was a murder in town tonight. Just a little while ago, as a matter of fact, a man was shot, killed, dead. Hmm, all that? Well, Menden is an enterprising community. Who got the business? A fellow by the name of Stark McVeigh. We'll return to our story in just a moment, but first here's Jim Doyle to give you some smooth talk on a smooth subject. Yes, smooth is the word for it, Dick. That describes Fitch's no-brush shaving cream to a T. For it has a rich, creamy consistency that spreads over your face like a cool April breeze. There's nothing heavy or greasy about Fitch's no-brush, yet it does a man-sized job when it comes to wilting a tough beard. You see, Fitch's no-brush is a blend of three important shaving ingredients. These are balanced in such a way that you get efficiency in softening whiskers, plus a skin conditioning action that protects your skin from irritation. Yes, they all add up to a shave that's really solid comfort. You men who say there's nothing like lather for a swell, smooth shave will like Fitch's Brush Cream. It gives lots of dense lather that stays moist all during the shave and rinses off easily. It, too, contains the special skin conditioner for sensitive skins. Both Fitch's Brush and Fitch's No Brush Shaving Cream come in handy jars, big 25 and 50 cent sizes. For smoother, happier shaves, switch to Fitch. And now we return you to Dick Powell as private investigator Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. Well, this case looked like it was officially over before it started. The man I was working for had just been killed. I found that out while I was registering in Menden's, Menden's only hotel with the running water. A bellboy gave me the news. And while I was just standing there with my mouth hanging open, a big, beefy guy eased up to me and said, You're Richard Rogue, aren't you? Oh, my name's Richard. Yeah, I know you're Rogue. I've seen your picture in the paper too often to be mistaken. I want to talk to you. Why? Because I'm chief of police in this town. Oh, oh, well, you just want to have a social talk, huh? Yeah, about a murder. Come on, Rogue, let's retire to the bar and play questions and answers. What about? About what you're doing in town, among other things. Come on, get moving, big shot. (laughs) 
Suppose you start talking. What are you doing in Minden under the name of Richard? Hey, bartender, you put too much sugar in this old-fashioned. Oh, so you think I like to hear myself talk. I said, what are you doing here? I'm on a vacation. Does a man named Stark McVeigh always finance your vacations? Hmm, McVeigh. Hmm, yes. Well, the name sounds familiar. I'll bet it does. He had a call in for you all day down at the city. He reached you at the Hunt Bar Room a little before 5 o'clock, and he wired you $500 to your office this afternoon. Huh. Maybe that's why his name sounds familiar. Well, could be that. Well, what was it that made McVeigh think he'd need you $500 worth of rogue? He didn't say. Uh, who was McVeigh, anyway? I never met the guy. Never heard of him till he called me. You think I'll believe that? How do I know what you believe? I'm telling you the truth. That's all I can be sure of. And what's the idea of the pressure? You got ambitions to hang McVeigh's murder on me? Uh-huh. You know he's been murdered. How did you know that? Well, the bellboy told me. Who did it, Rogue? Who was McVeigh afraid of? I don't know anything about the guy. I didn't murder him. I hardly ever murder strangers. And now, uh, thanks for the drink and so long. Wait a minute. You leaving town, Rogue? I don't think so, no. I like the climate here. It's, uh, it's so peaceful. Well, don't you leave without seeing me. Or you'll come back with your hands cuffed behind you, lying down. <laughs> oh, well, if there's anything I love, it's a clever conversationist. Huh? Huh? Now, I'll make a rule, egghead. Don't put any of your rural gumshoes on my tail if you like them personally. I don't like to be shattered. <laughs> Come in. Here's your ice water, Mr. Rogue. The name is Richard. Skip it, skip it. I heard you talking to Chief Reese. I know who you were anyway. Oh, well, you're a smart lad, huh? <laughs> Did you know Stark McVeigh? Sure. He used to be around here quite a bit. In the bar. What was his racket? What did he do for a living? Uh, how long had he been living here in Menden? Nobody knows where he made his money. He didn't work since he moved here about two years ago. Retired, I guess. That's what everybody thought. Always seemed to have plenty of money. Oh, they did, huh? Well, who were his friends? Was he married? Look, if I'm going to answer all of those questions, I want to work on the case with you. You need somebody who knows the town. Now, I'm an ex-GI. I work with intelligence. I can be a big help to you. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're working. Now, was McVeigh married? No. Didn't run around with women much either. I mean, here. Some blonde came down to see him once in a while. Drove a Cadillac convertible. Looked like a movie star. Hmm. Did McVeigh make many trips? Was he, uh... Out of town much? He traveled quite a bit. Hmm? Did he have any enemies in town? Nobody knew him well enough to hate him. He was a kind of a stranger, Mr. Rogue. Nobody got to know him very well. You live alone? Yeah. He had a woman come in a couple of times a week to clean up. That's all. Good. Well, who do you think killed him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Any suspicious-looking characters been seen around town lately? Not that I know of. But they could have been here without me knowing it. Okay. Hey, uh, what's your name? Buzz Walters. What time are you off duty? About an hour, nine o'clock. Good, I'll see you then. In the lobby, right? Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do now? Oh, I'm going out to the house, McVeigh's house, and take a look around. You know where it is? I'll find it. See you at nine. Who is it? Turn on the lights. Who is it? Is, is that you, Hank? Yeah. Turn on the lights. Hey, hey, you're not Hank. Who are you? What are you doing here? Will you turn on the lights so we can talk this thing over, Junior? Oh. Oh, you're the guy who, who bumped McVeigh, huh? Okay, Junior. Stand right where you are. And let you shoot at me? That doesn't sound practical. I've got my gun out now. How about taking another shot so I can spot you? Who are you? The law? Oh, Okay, Junior, throw that gun away. Oh, don't, don't shoot anymore. You, you hit me. Let me hear that gun hit the wall. Throw it. Okay. Now, maybe we can talk. Keep your hands down to your sides. Look, I'm shot. I'm bleeding. You gotta do something for me. Later, later. First, Junior, you're going to answer some questions. I, hey, did yeah. I startle you? Huh? Just hold that pause. Who is this guy, Shorty? I don't know. He, he came in here and I... I thought it was you. I, I took a shot at him and... But he... But he got me. Yeah. I see. 
Well? You better get somebody to take care of your friend here. He's got a bad chest. Don't let him. that worry you. You're going to have worse before long. And we'll start you out like this. Oh, How's everything on cloud eight? Oh, it's fine, fine. Say, Rogi, I missed you last week. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I had the flu. Yeah, didn't, uh, didn't Dennis O'Keefe come up to see you? Nah, not that Irishman. He doesn't use his head the way you do, Rogi. <laughs> Say, who did it this time? I don't know, I don't know. But I'm gonna get him. If it's the last thing I do. Oh, you better hurry back downstairs then. You're getting further away every minute. Huh? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> You've got a surprise coming, Rogie. You're a side door tourist right now. Huh? Oh, well, that settles it. I'm going over the side. So long, Ugor. So long, Rogie. <laughs> Come on, uh, fella. Come out of it. Huh? Oh. Oh. Hey. Hey. Hey, this thing's moving. Sure, friend. It's okay. You're in a freight car. Hmm? A freight car? Well, how well, it seems somebody wrapped you over the skull and threw you in here. Ooh. Who? I don't know. You were here when I got here. Don't worry. You'll be okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for the first aid. I... Where are we? Well, about uh, ten miles out of Minden, this red ball got a hot box and was held up. We're on the big grade going into the mountain. Yeah. Ah, thanks. <sighs> hey, well, you got around my head. Yeah, you were bleeding. I tore up your shirt and made a bandage of it. Oh, thanks. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump out of this thing. Are you crazy? Uh, could be. Uh... Hey, look. Yeah, look, I, I've still got my wallet. You have? How come you didn't lift it? <laughs> I didn't think of it. Oh, you're an honest man. Yeah, here's a 20. Thanks. Okay. Well, here, here goes nothing. So long. Hey, driver! Driver! Ride! Driver! You going into Minden? Yeah. What happened to you? Well, I was... I was knocked out and robbed and left on the road. I I, I got to get back to Minden to uh, report it to the cops. Okay, buddy. I wouldn't leave anybody out here. But I got a revolver here and don't try any funny stuff. Huh. Well, me? Oh, I don't want to try anything. I, I just want to get back to Minden. I'll take you in a Minden. Get in. Thanks. You can let me out here. Oh, no. Just stay right where you are. Hmm? Hey, what's the idea? Will you get that heater out of my face? I'll tell you where to get out. Oh? When will that be? When we get to the police station. That's where you're going, mister. So I brought him in here to the police station, Chief. He looks suspicious to me. Yeah, nice work, Mr. Pollard. We'll take care of him. Thanks. I hope I did the right thing. Yeah, you sure did. Thanks for the ride, Mr. Pollard. Goodbye. You just go right ahead, Pollard. I'll see you later. Oh, uh, Chief. Huh? There's no reward, is there? Uh, uh, no, no, no. So long. Oh, so long. Well, 
Well, I see you're back, Rogue. I told you you'd get in trouble nosing around in this town. Now, you gonna talk? Well, I haven't much to say, Reese. I went out to McVeigh's house. The door was open. I walked in. Some guy took a shot at me. I shot back. Mm. Got him, and while I was trying to find out what it was all about, another guy sneaked up behind me and bent a rod over my head. I woke up in a freight train ten miles out of town. This, uh, this, uh, Pollard, uh, gave me a ride in. And that's the end of the story. Yeah. Well, how do you figure it? I don't know. But I want to get back out to that house. You coming with me? Well, what do you expect to find out there? We combed the house from one end to the other. Well, there's something going on in your charming little town that needs taken care of, Chief. And how come you don't have men at that house? There was a murder there a few hours ago. Now, don't you tell me my business, Rogue. Oh, something I... smells. Come on. Let's get out to McVeigh's house. I want to do a little combing myself. Now, you'd better stay in line, Rogue. After all, I'm the chief here, and Yeah, I... yeah, yeah. I've read your star. Do. I don't know whether you're a dumb chief or a smart operator. But we're going to McVeigh's house, and we're going to tear it to pieces until I get a lead. Now, come on. I'll try the door. Don't knock. It may be open. Okay. Mm. Well, close the door. All right, all right. Mm. Now, the lights don't work. The main switch must be pulled. We'll get by with this flashlight. Come on, let's take a look around. Hmm. Hey. Hmm? You see where that lamp is on the floor over there? Uh, Yeah. Well, the guy who was shooting at me was lying right by the side of it after I got him. Oh. Look, there's blood on the floor. You see it? What was that? Ah, oh, see it come from that closet. Somebody's in there. Well, come on out. Come on out or I'll shoot that door so full of holes we can pull you out through them. Okay. I'll come out. Well, hello, Buzz. Welcome to the party. What are you doing here? Well, Mr. Rogue told me he was coming out here, and he was supposed to be back to meet me in the lobby at 9 o'clock. He didn't come back, so I decided I'd run out here and look for him. You got here a little late, Buzz. Oh, no, I didn't. Well, it was a little late to do you any good, but I saw plenty. I saw them walking around him. Wait a minute. What do you mean, them? Two men and a girl. The blonde girl that used to come here to see Mr. McVeigh. Oh, oh, you mean she was here? Yep. I hid outside of the window and watched them. They were carrying stuff up from the basement. That is, the girl and this man were, and putting it in the car. Uh, Buzz, did you hear them talk? Did the girl mention his name? No, no, she just called him sweetheart or honey or something like that. There was something funny about the other guy. What? He never did come out. The other two came out, got into that Cadillac convertible, and drove away about ten minutes ago. Well, then there must still be a man in the house. Yep, he'd been shot. He had trouble getting around. Must have been the guy I shot. I've been looking for him. Well, why didn't you call me? I was working for Mr. Rogue. Huh. I know he'd be here. Oh, good boy, Buzz. Now, come on, let's shake this house down. If that thug is in here, we better find him before he finds us. Well, this is the best-kept basement I ever saw in a bachelor's house, Buzz. How about it? It's sure clean. Hmm. Hey, look. There are a few muddy footsteps going this way. They're going both ways, Mr. Rogue. Ah, yeah, right over here and then back out. Hmm, that's funny. They walk right up to this blank wall and then back again. Maybe the stuff they were carrying out of the basement was stacked up against the wall. I doubt it. Hey, there's nobody up here. Shook down every room, every closet up here. There's nobody. Well, we're even. There's nobody down here either. I tell you, that guy they called Shorty never came out of the house. I was watching and I know he didn't. Hey, you're imagining things, kid. People don't just disappear. If he was here, we could see him now, couldn't we? If we could find him. Hmm. I've got an idea. Yeah? Well, there must be a hidden door of something in this wall here someplace. Oh, now, wait a minute, Rogie. Okay, okay. So I've been reading too many comic books, but I'm making my guess, and I'm going to see if I'm right. You see these footprints coming over here and going back again? Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's what it is. Maybe there's a loose tile in the wall or something. Yeah. Listen now. <laughs> there it is, Reese. You die hard. You hear that? It's hollow in there. Now, come on. Let's figure this thing out. Hey, here is a loose tile. Right here. Huh? Uh, let me see. Yeah. Well, I'll be... Are you a... sure you're surprised, Sheriff? Why, I... There's a regular doorknob in there. 
Yeah. Yeah, there is. Mm. Well, it's locked, but I think I can take care of that. Look out. Now, that ought to do it. Flash your light in there, Reese. Okay. Hmm? Oh, brother, look at that. Huh? Hey, he's dead. We'll return to our story in just a moment. But now I'd like to ask the ladies a question. Have you ever had the shampoo blues? The shampoo blues, of course, is that dejected feeling you get when your hair becomes dry and unmanageable after a shampoo. If that's been your experience, then here's a way to beat those blues. Try Fitch's Saponified Coconut Oil Shampoo. Use this clear golden liquid shampoo as often as you like. It will never leave your hair dry or difficult to manage. That's because Fitch's Saponified Shampoo is made from pure natural oils. Just a little makes oceans of cleansing lather. Rinses out easily, too, for Fitch's Saponified Shampoo contains its own patented rinsing agent. It leaves your hair soft, lustrous, and easy to manage even right after you shampoo it. Yes, you can always use Fitch's Saponified Shampoo with complete confidence and freedom from the shampoo blues. So use it regularly. Buy an economical bottle at your drug or toilet goods counter or ask for a professional application at your beauty shop. Now we return to Dick Powell as private investigator Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. Well, you could have knocked me down with an atom bomb when we opened that secret door in the basement of McVeigh's house and saw what was inside. It was an air-conditioned room with fluorescent lighting and strictly occupational furniture. And sitting at the table in a swivel chair was the body of the man named Shorty. Buzz, the bellboy, said, Hey, he's dead! Yeah, yeah, they let him have one right through the temple. Good Lord. Two murders in one day. In Minden. That'll put the place on the map, won't it? I wonder why they killed him. Well, it looks pretty simple to me. I got him through the chest when he shot at me, and a wounded man is kind of a handicap to a mob that's trying to make a getaway with a set of counterfeit plates. Counterfeit? Is that what they were doing? Yeah. This place is one of the best equipped engraving shops I've ever been in. <laughs> you knew that right away, didn't you, Reese? Mm. Oh, 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 sure. Right there. That's what McVeigh's racket was, huh? Yeah. Come on, let's take a look around. Here. Look here. Hmm? What did you find? Exhibit A. A whole stack of $10 bills. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> All with the same serial numbers. Oh, there's phonies, of course, girl's accent. Hmm. Well, Reese, let's get back to town and get some post-mortem fingerprints off your late pal McVeigh. And some information on the license number Buzz got off that Cadillac. Do you think we'll get him, Mr. Rogue? Oh, we're a lead pipe cinch, Buzz. You know, if you hadn't been sharp enough to jot down that license number, <laughs> we'd have been out of luck. Even Reese can trace that. Yeah, think it could use a guy like me. Regular, Mr. Rogue? Oh, well, I'm sorry, kid. I... I'm a, well, I'm a lone wolf. But you'll make some dough out of this case. You can bet your shirt there's a reward out for this mob, and we'll split it. Oh. You know, Junior, if you hadn't been around that house and seen those two drive away without Shorty, this crime may have never been solved. That's right, I guess. Nobody would ever have looked for the secret room. You know, I've always wanted to be a detective. Well, Rogie, the Department of Motor Vehicles says this is the address that car is registered to. Miss uh, Sylvia Adams, 1924 Euclid Avenue in Los Angeles. Well, that makes it my meat, Reese. Oh, oh, yeah. Come on, Buzz. You want to drive to L.A. with me? Sure, Mr. Rogue. I want to be in at the kill on this case. Well, this is the house. Oh, Miss Sylvia Adams, 1924 Euclid Avenue. What are we going to do? Well, first you go see if the car's in the garage while I take a look around. Okay. Hey, Buzz, Buzz. Come here. Wait a minute. Yeah? Hey, look in that window out there. Mm -hmm. That man. He's the one who knocked me out. 
Mm. Oh, is that the man and the blonde woman you saw leaving McVeigh's house? Yep. That's them. Mm, looks like they're having a beef. Ah, that's good. Buzz, we're going to do a little listening. Oh, how are you going to get in? Back door. Come on. But it's probably locked. Yeah, could be. But if I haven't a skeleton key on my chain that'll open that door, I'm going to get a new locksmith. Now, quiet. Come on. You didn't have to kill them both, Hank. You're a trigger-happy fool. Will you stop harping on that dead dead? That's all there is to it. We're rid of them, and we got the counterfeit plates. We got no more troubles, baby. From now on, it's you and me. It is? What do you mean? Just that I don't have to put up with you anymore, either. One word out of me, and the cops will put you under the jail, Hank. That's what they do with killers, you know? I don't like you. I never did like you. But you're going to keep me in money and minks and everything I want as long as I live. Killer. It may not be long, you little double-crossing. put that gun away. Hank. Hank, no. So you were going to double-cross me. Hank, no, no. So all that sweet talk was just an act. No. Well, here's my act. No, no. Next one, touch your eye, Hank. Drop the gun. Pick it up, Buzz. Yeah. Who are you? Well, now, that's not very flattering. I'm Richard Rogue. But we'll talk about that later, lovely. Right now, get up against that wall, both of you. Start singing and make the lyrics cover a couple of murders. Come on, sing! Well, that was the end of that story. It all happened over a woman, almost everything does. When I got through chatting with Sylvia, I, I had the whole story. McVeigh and Hank had a sweet little counterfeiting deal all set up and running smoothly. McVeigh, a master engraver, made the plates and hand-printed them in his shop in Minden. Hank wholesaled the stuff. Everything was just too, too divine. Until Hank moved in on McVeigh's girl, Sylvia, and got caught at it. McVeigh wanted to hire me to front for him and exposing Hank as a counterfeiter, and that's what started all of the excitement and the murders. We found the counterfeiting plate in Sylvia's Cadillac, and I collected five grand reward for cracking the case. <laughs> I split it with Buzz. He was a happy kid. Yes, well, as I've always said, sure she left him, to coin a phrase. <laughs> it means find the woman. And by the way, if you have any luck, sure she won for me too, will you? I'm feeling much better and not doing a thing tonight. You know what I mean. This is Dick Powell again, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed our story tonight. Ray Buffum wrote it. Leith Stevens composed and conducted the music, and Dee Engelbach produced and directed but don't forget now, you've all got a date with us next Thursday night. We have a story for you about a man with a million dollars, a beautiful wife, and an overpowering jealousy. We call it Best Laid Plans. So make a date with us, will you? Thanks for listening, and now here's Jim Doyle. Don't forget to tune in again next Thursday, same time. And be sure to see Dick Powell in his newest RKO picture, Cornered, at your local theater soon. And remember, tune in again next Thursday, same time, same station... When you will again hear Dick Powell as Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. Remember, if dandruff is your problem, ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. It's the only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. No other shampoo can make this statement. Ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo at your drug or toilet goods counter, barber or beauty shop. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H.
has a massive crush on the Lipton Tea Lady. Welcome back to Ricky Jin's Old Time Radio. Now enjoy this episode of Escape entitled The Man Who Could Work Miracles. Fed up with the everyday grind? Tired out by the dull routine? You want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are crouched in the middle of an immense hurricane. Houses, animals, trees sweeping past you. And you suddenly realize that you've tampered with the universe. That you're bringing about the destruction of the world. Tonight, we escape to a placid English village and the presence of an equally placid little man who one day shook the world, as H.G. Wells told it in his delightful and famous story, The Man Who Could Work Miracles. Now, I might say right in the beginning that I ain't the kind of chap who has a naturally argumentative disposition, meaning the kind who's always engaging in hostile discussions with perfect strangers. Quite the contrary. I'm a reasonable man who always takes proper thought before he speaks, and one who has due respect for scientific truth. Why, I ain't never opened my mouth to utter a word that wasn't a pure, a undiluted a fact. That's what you say. Howsoever, when a man of inferior intellect, such as Toddy Beamish, has showed himself to be more than once, when a man like that insists upon airing his ridiculous opinions in a public place such as the Long Dragon Bar, then I've got no choice but to confound him with the superior knowledge which I possesses. That may be well and good, perhaps, but it's only what you say. On the contrary, Mr. Beamish, the statements which I have just made are such as might come from any intelligent human being with a true knowledge of scientific principle, which same can't be said for some of us here at this bar. So you say. That's right, so I say. And if you can't contribute nothing but the same three words to this discussion, I will thank you to admit that you are defeated and uh, shut your mouth. Well, now, Mr. Father, Easy, Gay. lads. I appeal to you, Easy Constable. Easy does it. I appeal to you, Constable, when I'm only trying to enlighten the man from the bog of ignorance he's a-floundering in. And he keeps coming up with his infernal, so you say, well, I'm a-wasting my words, that's all. <laughs> If the pints of stout Nile flowed across this bar the way words do, why, then I'd have been retiring years ago. Quite right, Miss Bridges. I'll have another the same, if you don't mind. Let's see, that was a pint of bitter, wasn't it? By all rights, Toddy Beamish, I shouldn't be wasting me time on you. But out of the goodness of my heart, I'll do it anyhow. Suit yourself. Now... Let's take, for example, that pint of ale that you're holding in your hand. Mm, it's pretty nigh empty. I paid for the last one. All right. Now, suppose, for instance, if that ale was to turn into wine. I never cared much for wine. I was like Dale back Now, if that ale there was to turn into wine, then you'd have a miracle. So you say. So anybody says. Perhaps you ain't even aware of the proper definition of what a miracle is, Mr. Beamish. Well, some miracles is one kind, and some is another. <laughs> if anybody left so much as tuppence on the bar as a gratuity for my services, that would be a miracle, all right. <laughs> be that as it may, Miss Bridges, but a miracle ain't of one kind or another. A true miracle is something contrarywise to the course of nature, done by the power of will. So you say. Something what couldn't happen without being specially willed to happen. And miracles ain't possible. Easy, lad, easy now. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say they ain't. It's your ignorance that's talking. Look, 
You see that lamp sitting there on the end of the bar, burning as bright as you please? I see it right enough. Now, that lamp, in the natural course of nature, couldn't burn like that if it was turned upside down and hanging in the air. You say it couldn't. <laughs> Mr. Beamish, do you mean to tell me that you... All right, all right. Maybe it couldn't. Ah, and if it did, it'd be a miracle. Very well. Now, supposing somebody was to come along, uh, uh, take me, for instance, and he pointed his finger at that lamp like this and said, turn upside down. Now, if the lamp... If, 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 Science if, preserve us if it aren't doing it. Well, now. Blimey. A burning and a hanging there without a visible means of support. I can't keep it up there much longer. Remarkable. All a remarkable. And now then, Mr. Fotheringay, stop it. Stop it immediately, and that's my official order. Have a care, Constable. Watch out. There it goes. <coughs> oh, now see what you've done, Mr. Fotheringay. My best lamp chimney. Oh, clean no more than an hour ago. Smashed into smithereens. But I didn't try to do it. Oh, for all you knew, you might have caught the whole place afire. Most irregular and illegal besides, <sighs> like is not. We'll have no more of it, you understand? But I'll tell you I didn't oh, mean you for you and your silly conjuring tricks. It wasn't a conjuring trick. Ah, uh, that's what you said. No doubt you've had a bit too much to drink. Oh, all sorry. I done was to point my finger at it like that and... Stop it now! Don't you dare! But that's all I've done. In that case, Mr. Father and Gay, you defeat your own argument right out of your own mouth. And how is that, might I ask? If it weren't caused by some form of trickery, then what happened to that lamp was a miracle. Oh, here yeah, now, I ain't holding with no blooming miracles. Hold with them or not, as the case might be, Mr. Father and Gay. But you just stood right there and performed a real, true, honest, genuine miracle. That's what you done. It wasn't a matter of being asked to leave the Long Dragon, you understand. I already had my mind set on going anyhow. A place what's full of ignorant superstition ain't the kind of place for a man of rational intellect to be doing his thinking in. And thinking was just what was called for. On the one hand, I weren't ready to swallow no miracle theory, but on the other hand, I wasn't able to recollect no scientific a principle that might account for that which had happened. As you might say, the question had dissolved itself into a uh, dilemma. Oh, my landlady, Mrs. Tetherington, was sitting up in the parlour when I come in. Good evening, Mr. Fotheringay. But I can't recall saying anything to her. Well, very well, Mr. Fotheringay. Ah, I went straight to my own room, closed my door, lit the candle, and then I sat there on the edge of my bed, grappling with the problem in heroic fashion and trying to puzzle out the ultimate solution. It weren't no easy thing to do. It couldn't have happened, but it had happened. Which ain't logic, no matter how you look at it. Why, it'd be the same situation if I was to point my finger at that candle there and say, be raised up in the air. And it was to... Ooh, me, Hanging there like a blooming firefly. But it's contrary-wise to the... Whoop, there it goes. Oh, black as your hat. Now, where in the tarnation did that confounded thing get to? Huh? At any rate, there should be some matches around here somewhere. Uh, oh, I say, maybe I could... <gasps> Let there be a match in me hand. Well, now, just like that. Oh, a safety match. A lot of blooming good that's going to... Oh, 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 oh. Oh, half a mo, half a mo now. Maybe I, I don't need no match. Maybe I could. Candle, wherever you are, be lighted. Oh, here now, not in the middle of my bed. Oh, no, we'll not be having any of that now. Well, come in, it ain't locked. Mr. Fotheringay, might I inquire what's coming off up here? You might inquire and to blazes with you. Can't you recognise a man who's got his hands full of troubles? Troubles indeed. I'll have you understand. <gasps> Mr. Fotheringay, 
Why is smoke coming out of that bed? Because it caught on fire, that's why. Oh, me wall comforter with a nowel band in it. And taking lighted candles to bed with you. I am not taking no candles anywhere, and I will thank you to leave me the privacy of my own a bedchamber. Well, I never. You have been drinking. On the contrary, I have been cogitating upon matters of science, which is far beyond the range of your feeble intellect. With all the money I have to spend on candles. I'll have you know that if any candles are going to be tossed around loose like in this house, I'll do the tossing. Mrs. Teverington, I might remind you that good, steady lodgers, such as a man like myself, ain't so easy to come by nowadays, with which I will bill you a highly a respectable a good a night. Well, I've never been so insulted in all my life, and you can rest assured you haven't heard the last of this. <laughs> Old vulture. Don't know who she's talking to. Me. A bloke what's only got to point his finger and say, B, and it is. Blimey, if I ain't suddenly got the power to perform miracles. Real, genuine miracles. Like as not, the result of my long devotion to the true principles of science. Well, I got through the next day without no trouble and... Come evening, I went walking down the lane that leads around Millsdale's pond, attempting to put my mental processes into order, as you might say. Mostly, I kept trying to cogitate on some honest Betsy miracle I might up and perform. But it ain't such an easy matter for a chap who's unaccustomed to goings-on of that nature. Oh, what I wanted was the genuine article, you understand. No little shenanigans, but one with which to make people stop and say, Blimey now! If that ain't a real darn right miracle for you. And all of a sudden, I had it. I just happened to recollect a chap somewhere who stuck his staff into the ground and commanded it to blossom. So, I poked me walking stick into the edge of the turf, I backed off a wee bit and pointed me finger at it. Walking stick? Become a blooming bush of flowering posies. <laughs> Roses, by heaven. I done it. Just like that fellow in the opera. And uh, what's going on here? Oh, Constable Winch confound the man anyhow. Cease and desist whatever it is you're doing in the name of the crowd. Oh, you there, Rosebush. Go back now, fast. <laughs> Have a mind there, who it is you're throwing bramble bushes at. Blasted thorns might into the man severely. Yeah, there. Oh, confounded, blundering idiot. I'll see now who's conducting nefarious activities under the cover of darkness. Assaulting an officer engaged in the pursuit of his natural... Well, so it's you, Mr. Fotheringay. The fact being self-evident, Mr. Winch, I will not bother myself to answer. So you'll not bother yourself to answer, eh? Maybe you'll also deny that you just threw a great heavy mass of foliage at me? I do deny it. Then no doubt it just up and flew through the air all by itself. Constable Winch, you have just hit the nail on the head. So, that's the way the wind blows. Some more of them blasted hanky-pank conjuring tricks of yours, is that it? On the contrary, it was merely a small miracle. You don't say so. In which case his honour might enjoy hearing you tell about it. So come along with you now. I will do nothing of the kind. Oh, resisting an officer. That'll be another charge against you. Charge, indeed. Mr. Witch, you can take your charges and... and... go to Hades. Whoa, oh, uh, Constable. Oh, Mr. Winch. Oh, blimey, if he ain't gone and disappeared complete-like. Oh, I wonder if he... I'm thinking this miracle business ain't all it's talked up to be. Why, a man might find himself in a whole peck of trouble before he learns the knack of the thing. I'm thinking I'd best go and get myself some really professional advice right away.
Good evening to you, brother. A very pleasant evening to and you. the same to you with many of them, Mr. Maydig. Uh, that is, your reverence. Oh, no, no formality now, none at all, no. Just call me Mr. Maydig. Well, now, uh, thank you kindly, your uh, Maydig ship. Uh, uh, won't you step inside? <clears throat> Much obliged to you, uh, Mr. Reverend Ship. Uh, just follow me now. This way, Mr. Uh, I can't say that I caught the name. Uh, Fotheringay. Uh, George W. Fotheringay. Oh, yes. Uh, not from my parish. Well, yes. I attended services last Christmas. Indeed. Well, so many people did <clears throat> last Christmas. Well, here we are, Mr. Fotheringay. Uh, take a chair. Uh, it's uh, Fotheringay. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, nice uh, diggings you've got here. Oh, adequate, Mr. Fotheringay. Adequate for my simple wants. Yeah, now, now just feel entirely free to lay your burdens upon my shoulders. Well, the fact is, <clears throat> the matter which I come here to talk about uh, might be considered of a somewhat uh, uh, <clears throat> delicate nature. Oh? Oh, well, think nothing of it. Uh, please, feel free to speak, uh, well, speak freely. My housekeeper retires very early. Oh, oh no, uh, your reverendship, it's uh, nothing like that. Oh, then, uh, like, uh, what? The uh, subject about which I'm inquiring is uh, miracles. Miracles? Oh, yes, yes, indeed, uh, miracles. Um, any special kind of miracles? Oh, yes. The kind which I perform myself. Oh, which you perform your... Ah, I see. And uh, what sort of miracles do you perform? Well, uh, for one thing, I have just finished sending Constable Winch to Hades. Hades? Hmm, indeed. Oh, that's uh, very interesting. Oh, of course, when I realised what had happened, I had him transferred to San Francisco. Uh, wherever that is. Oh, I'm sure, sure he'll like San Francisco much better. Uh, yeah, you don't believe me. I can't say that I blame you none either. Well, after all, Mr. Dothering lay. It's oh. fathering guy. Well, very well. There ain't nothing else to do but for me to go up and perform a few miracles before we go any farther. Well, that's... Uh, very interesting, I'm sure. Now, you just take that jar of tobacco there on the table, for instance. Suppose I just point my finger at it, like this, and... Become a bowl of violets. Yes, indeed, it's very interesting. You see, it ain't no tobacco jar no more. It's a bowl of violets. Well, God, blind. I mean, uh, so it is. Of course, it ain't nothing very spectacular, Your Reverendship, but it is the sort of a miracle a man can pass without uh, tangling himself up in a mass of trouble. Extraordinary. Very, well, uh, extraordinary. Uh, you can see for yourself they're real violets. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, uh, take this, for example. Become a bowl of fish. Ooh, no, not that kind. Live fish in a goldfish bowl, swimming around. Now. Well, that's better. It's amazing. Uh, how did you do it? Just told it to. That's, that's all? That's all. When I tells a thing to do it, it does it. Incredible. It come on me sudden, like you might say. And I'd like to know if it's a real genuine miracle or if it ain't. Well, uh... Seeing as our uh, miracles ought to come under your reverendship's special province, more or less. Yes, 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 indeed. Uh, however, usually in a somewhat more academic fashion, these are more, well, more astonishing. As far as I can tell, there ain't no limit to it. Like, for instance, a uh, bowl of fish turn into a pigeon. <laughs> Look at the thing! Uh, here, here now! None of that! Oh, you stay away from Mr. Maydig now! Perhaps I'd better, um, become that jar of tobacco again. Uh, well, Reverend, what do you think about it? Amazing! It's the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen in my life! Ever expected to see? No, 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 I've got to think about it, uh, consider the possibilities. Well, I uh, might come back in the morning. Oh, no, 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 wouldn't hear of it. I, I was about to dine when you rang. I wonder if you'd join me. Uh, of course, I'm afraid there's only cold mutton. Oh, well, now, maybe there's something else you might like better. Oh, anything, frankly. I've grown to hate the sight of... Co eh? You don't mean... Why not? Just name it. Pheasant.
I haven't tasted pheasant in years. Then now is the time. Let there be a pheasant on the table. No, 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 no. Not, not like, not like that. Let it be dead and roasted and ready to eat. Look, look at it. Oh, it's beautiful. Mmm, smells good too. Maybe we'd best, uh, let there be two pheasants. And truffles. And truffles. Maybe some oysters. Two dozen oysters. Uh, you better make it three dozen. And some cheddar. Oh, we must have some cheddar. Yeah, a pound of cheddar. And, and what to drink, your reverend? Oh, uh, champagne? Well, I really shouldn't, you know, but, uh, well, uh, perhaps a small bottle of Moselle? Six bottles of Moselle, a keg of stout, and a case of champagne. <laughs> There wasn't no mistake about it. I'd come to the right place for certain. Once Mr. Maydig got over his first astonishment, he turned out full of ideas for brand new miracles. Things even I might never have thought of, like as not. Well, we polished off that meal in no time at all. As easy as a cat frying eggs. And an hour later, we was out walking in the dark streets of the village, turning out miraculous jobs so fast, I fairly wore out my finger a-pointing with it. I couldn't begin to tell you all the wonderful things we did in a couple of hours. Installed a new railway line, drained Flinders Swamp, turned it into a meadow, cured the vicar's warts, paved all the roads, eliminated, eliminated taxation, reformed the Lord Mayor, and made all the girls in the village Beautiful. Ah, oh, these weren't none of your apney miracles. All of these were big. And we went right on turning them out, one every two minutes, just as regular as clockwork. By midnight, we passed clean through the village and were walking along the lane by Millsdale's Pond, fairly tired out by all that thinking and pointing and performing of miracles. Mr. Fotheringay, I've just thought of another one. Indeed, and what might it be? Uh, the village clock. There, there in the steeple. Listen, listen to it. Ah, it's terrible. True enough. It ain't got a very melodious sound to it. Then let's give them a good clock. Eh? A great, rich, booming one. All right, Mr. Maidie. Let that there clock become a genuine London-style cathedral clock. <laughs> Much better, much better. Oh, the, the people of this village are going to have a big surprise when they wake up in the morning after all we've done for them tonight. I might say there's one or two things we've done that I ain't so sure about. Oh? Like uh, <clears throat> turning every drop of alcoholic beverages into plain water, for instance. Oh, it's nothing to worry about, Mr. Fotheringay. You can always turn out a miraculous pint or two for your own purposes and, and it will reform all the drunkards in the village. Maybe so. At any rate, we might as well wait and see what comes of it. Uh, well, uh, what do we perform next? I really don't know. Can't think of another single miracle that we haven't already oh, half performed. Half a moment, Mr. Oh. Maydig. I just thought of one of my own I'd best take care of. Let Constable Winch be right back in San Francisco again. He might be catching a boat or a train or something, you understand? I think the best idea is just to keep sending him back there every once in a while. <laughs> I doubt you have any, anything to worry about. San Francisco is some distance away, you know. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I, I keep trying to think of one more miracle. A big one. Something worthy of ending the night with. Uh, but I just don't... Oh, well now. Hmm? I say, there is one, you know. Such as? Uh, you see that moon, Mr. Fotheringay? Uh, naturally. Almost full, by the looks of it. You remember Joshua? 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 Oh, come off it now. It would be a wondrous thing to see. Well, now, that's a pretty tall order, making the moon stand still. Oh, well, actually, it only appears to stand still. What really happens is that the Earth stops rotating. You don't have to inform me about scientific principles of which I'm already familiar, Mr. Maydig. Howsoever, 
I think we'd best not go monkeying around with the universe. Well, you probably don't have the power to do it anyway. It's really a superior class of miracle, you know. I got the power all right, but I ain't so sure it's a good idea. I could do it if I wanted to. Oh, oh of course, of course you could. Well, perhaps we'd better get along home. Mm, uh, half a mo now. I, uh, I... I might just leave it stopped for a little while. Oh, if you could stop it at all. Oh, well now, if that's the way you feel, you just take a look at this. The old blinking world. Stop rotating. <coughs> Where now? What's all this? I didn't order no wind. Fotheringay, what have you done? <laughs> I don't rightly know. Look out, things is starting to blow loose. Oh, you confounded blundering idiot. Duck your head. Here comes a cow through the air. Oh, mist. Mm. You better lie down in the ditch before it gets blown away. Oh, it's getting worse all the time. And I can't see to pull me wits together. Oh, I've got it. When the earth stopped rotating, everything on the surface kept right on moving. Five, six hundred miles an hour. Houses, cows, the wind, everything. It's a scientific principle. A lot of good that does. Uh, stop it, man. Stop it. Do something. Do what? Oh, Mr. Maidig. Oh, Mr. Maidig. Oh, blimey, if he ain't blown clean away. Gone. Oh, now I got myself in a fine kettle of fish for certain. Only there weren't so much confusion. Maybe I could... Oh, oh, I say now. That's it. It's the only answer. All right, now. Let nothing happen until I say the word go. And when I do, let everything go back exactly like it was just before I turned that blooming lamp upside down in the Long Dragon Bar. And at the same time, let me loose this here miraculous power complete like. Forget all about it. Have you got it now? Everything just as it were. No more miracles. And let me forget the whole thing. All right, then. Ready? Go! That's only what you say. And the same as anybody might say who's got the least bit of scientific knowledge inside of their thick heads. Ain't I right, Constable Winch? You couldn't rightly say, Mr. Fotheringay. The subject ain't exactly in my province, you know. Another of the same, Miss Bridges. Right you are, Constable. Irregardless, Mr. Beamish, miracles ain't possible. So you say. So I say. Maybe you don't even know what a miracle is. Here we are. Maybe if I was to point my finger at that lamp there on the bar and tell it to turn upside down, I suppose you think it might do it. Well, I wouldn't say it would. Hmm? You wouldn't say it wouldn't. Mr. <laughs> Beamish, you ain't got a brain in your head. And I'm only wasting my time trying to enlighten you, which I ain't going to do any longer. There you are, Miss Bridges. Why, thank you kindly, Mr. Father and Guy. I'll be dropping in again when the place ain't quite so crowded. I bid you all a respectful, a good, a night. <laughs> well, Tony, I'd say you got the best of the argument tonight. I never saw him. Glory so... be, will you take a look at this? Oh, what's up, Miss Bridges? Sixpence. He left me a sixpence. Right here on the bar, big as anything. And so he did. Uh, the like of it ain't never happened before. Science preserve us if he died a downright blooming miracle. That's what it is. A blooming miracle. Escape is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Tonight we have brought you The Man Who Could Work Miracles by H.G. Wells, adapted for radio by Les Crutchfield, with editorial supervision by John Dunkel. Featured in tonight's story was Ben Wright as Mr. Father and Gay, with John Daner as Mr. Maydig, Wilms Herbert as Totty Beamish, and Jeff Corey as Constable Winch. Eleanor Audley was Mrs. Tetherington, and Constance Cavendish was Bridges. Special music by Ivan Dittmars. With tonight's program, we bring to a close the present series of the world's best stories of high adventure by the world's greatest authors, presented as Escape. 
Next week, at this time, Lum and Abner return to the air in a new half-hour program you'll want to hear. Be sure to listen. Roy Rowan speaking for CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. again next week at the same time on the mighty K-O-N-R. Don't forget to play What Will Mrs. Thompson Say at LGAP.com. Now, stay tuned for the Sam Squatch Report.